previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Because you'll see who I am, and we will have shared in our lives this particular thing. We had no idea the direction it would go. We had no idea the famous people we, had, we would meet. We had no idea what our circle would be. And it's great, isn't it? It's great. And both of us have that. And we can laugh at it. And that's what I want to do. What do you think of that, Michael? That sounds great. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to call Peter Asher. Just so he knows, I'm not some rum dub. I, I think this is the <laughs> I'm a guy. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. From Peter Asher, I gather that Tony would like to communicate with me. I would be happy to hear from him, of course. And he gives his direct email and his home number. Now, how did that happen? Let me tell you how that happened. <laughs> that happened because my friend Peter Barron from Camp Kiyuma from many, 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 many years ago, when I reached out and I said, does anybody have a number for Peter Asher? Peter Barron got back to me that day and said, here's his number. I used to work with him at Geffen Records, and I worked with him at MTV, and he's a great guy. He's a great guy. And then I called Rob Light, and Rob Light is the head of music for CAA, and Rob Light uh, and I went to Augusta with Michael Wilbon. He took Wilbon, and then Wilbon took me. I said, do you know Peter Asher? And he goes, I've known him for 35 years. You need a phone number? So, yeah. So, it's, it's going to work out. I'm going to get the chance to talk to Peter Asher, and that's going to make me very happy. Um, you already <clears> left a text message. Hmm? You already left the text. I did. And he answered the text. Your so confessional the- Saturday night after a glass or two of wine is something I'll never forget. Well, but it wasn't bad. <laughs> no, it's not bad. I just, I've never seen you reduced to this state of a frenzy. And yeah. I think it all comes back to proximity to the Beatles. Yes, well, I, that's, that's certainly it for me. But on his own, we started playing. As I wrote him in the text, uh, I said the last two days, I said, Alexa, could you play Peter and Gordon music? And then we listened to it for hours. It was lovely. It was wonderful. One other thing, or two other things. Let me just say, before we get into the Super Bowl proper, let me just say this, that if I've learned anything else, and I had the game completely wrong, if I've learned anything else, I've learned I do not want to watch The Equalizer. I don't. <laughs> I don't. How about Clarice? Yeah. I don't want to watch Clarice because I saw the original movie. No, I don't want right. to watch Clarice. But or the I... terrifying M. Night Shyamalan movie? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to watch that either. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't want to watch that. Why don't you tell your story about why we're a little bit late today? We're a little For bit people late. that don't know, we normally start about 7.40. And today we're starting about eight. I see, what you're, I see what you're doing. You're trying to embarrass me. Now this I'm not trying been, to embarrass This you. would be the great backdrop for a father-son moment, maybe a starring feature in a Subaru commercial. <laughs> Michael's driving over and starts getting some warning nights on, on Tony's Cadillac that Michael graciously takes care of and, and houses overnight. Isn't that amazing? He graciously takes care of my Cadillac. Sometimes it, get, sometimes it gets yeah. uh, serviced. Yeah. And I start seeing lights that go, yeah. uh, front camera, disabled, battery saver on. So I, I flip over the switch to see where my charge is because this this car has a new battery and I start seeing that the number is going down. I'm not sure what it's supposed to be, to be honest, but when it's below 10, I think I've got an issue. So I start turning off radios. All of a sudden, the car just the car just dies. And now I'm in the middle of Nebraska and Nevada, sometimes confused with Nebraska and Broad Branch if you're trying to communicate with your dad before 7.30 and you're very nervous that he's going to yell at you because you're going to delay the show. Not going to yell at all, but I go to the exact spot where he says to meet him and I go, where are you? And he goes, oh, oh, I'm not actually there. I'm at another street. I go, okay, it's one block away. 
So go ahead. So I, I'm out of the car, and at this point, I'm frantically waving my arm at all the cars that are coming up behind me because, understandably, they're confused. I can't get my emergency flashers on, and you know, I, I just want to make sure everyone knows that I, I'm actually disabled. I, I can't move. So then I see the beacon of hope, which is your your BMW slowly pulling up behind me, and then you have a look on your face that goes, "I don't know where to park." Right. Well, you know, you're in the middle of the road, and I, so, so I said, "Let's." Put it in neutral and just push it to the side of the road. I couldn't even get the... And this is the problem with the push-start cars. I couldn't even get it to turn over enough to try and get it into neutral. And just before you arrived, a very nice man asked if the same question, can you get into neutral? I'll try and I'll try yeah. and get the car over. And I, and I answered him saying, I've got someone on, on, on his way down. Didn't actually explain that it was you because he would have then doubled down on his offer. Uh, but but <laughs> luckily for us, we are very close to the BP station, John Connor. John Connor. John Connor, who is the angel of mercy when it comes to something wrong with your car. We were a quarter of a mile away. I drove over there. John got in the, you know, John and Tom got in a big thing, a big truck, came down to see Michael, took the car away. Everything is going to be fine. And it's John Connor. For those of you in the Washington area on um, Connecticut Avenue, Upper Connecticut Avenue, like the 5,000 block, something like that, right before, as you're going towards Maryland, right before you get to the corner of Nebraska, there's this big BP station. For those John, out of the area, right before Comet Pizza. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, for those, those coming in <laughs> because they're concerned that Hillary Clinton is selling girls out of the back. Um, so John is great. And, uh, and I think I've told my children this. There are certain things that will help you enormously in life, and one of them is to know somebody who's a mechanic and owns a gas station and is kind and nice as John is. So well, that will be resolved. That will be resolved, and I will move now to the Super Bowl. I got it wrong. I thought Kansas City – I was rooting for Tom Brady, and I had it right that Tom Brady would get to the Super Bowl when I said that to Wilbon in April, the day they got Rob Gronkowski. I said they're going to the Super Bowl, and he said, no, they're not. And then we had the bet – he bet that Belichick's record would be better than Brady's. I believe he lost that bet, and I believe I had that. But I didn't have them winning this. Uh, I thought that Kansas City was a better team. I thought all of Kansas City's great players were, at the moment, a little bit better than all of Tampa's great players. Um, and I thought that Tampa would win, would lose rather, Kansas City would win convincingly by about 10 or 12. They didn't even get a touchdown. It's the worst game that Mahomes ever had. Hounded, hounded, hounded by the defense of Tampa Bay. Uh, they produced no touchdowns at all. It's the first time I think that Mahomes has lost by double digits. It wasn't even close. And when Brady, when they got the touchdown, when they got the ball back with less than two minutes About in the first 15. half, which is exactly what they did when they found Scotty Miller, you know, a, a week, two weeks ago. And they went they all the way. They tried those plays too. Yes, they did. They went all the way down the field and Leonard Fournette took it in that that, in effect, said this game's pretty much over unless Kansas City can score a touchdown on their opening drive. They scored a field goal on their opening drive. And Brady came right back, and they scored a field goal. And they might have had a touchdown, except for on the third down play, the snap was so terrible, the one real miscue right. of the day. But Brady has now won seven. Brady has, in succession, in succession, beaten Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. The first two are definitely going to the well, Hall of Fame. Don't skip over think, WFT. I just skipped over it, and we assume that that Patrick Mahomes down the road because he's going to get more shots will be in the Hall of Fame. It's an, it, enormously triumphant for Tom Brady and Tampa, um, and Bruce Arians who kept his mouth shut after unloading on Brady the first eight or ten games of the year. 
uh, and then learned that you've got a diamond here. Don't be a fool. And then, and it was, it was not a particularly good game, but it is so convincing. There's no more talk about baby goats. Stop. Stop with baby goats. Um, there's Tom Brady. He is the greatest quarterback of all time by any objective measure. And I, look, I'm old. I grew up with Johnny Unitas, and I love Joe Montana and watched a lot of his games. Tom Brady has been to 10. No other quarterback has been to more than five. Tom Brady has won seven. No other quarterback, and only two, have won as many as four. Um, Tom Brady in these games, you know how Wilbon made fun of him that he got intercepted three times the last time they put the last game he was in? Did he get intercepted last night? So I don't think he did. One got called back. Okay. And that was a tipped okay, situation. Okay, that was a tipped situation. And started the issues with, with him and Matthew. Right. Yes, that's right, with Tyron Matthew. And then and he had three touchdown passes, two to Gronkowski, with whom he has over 100 touchdown passes. They're the most productive. Was, was that stat correct that that's his first first quarter touchdown? Yes, ever in a Super Bowl. Um, unbelievable. Yes, yes. Well, he doesn't, Nigel and I were talking about this. He doesn't win by big margins. Right, he does yeah. what he has to do. So you know, this was the this game. was the largest margin he had ever won by. And I don't, I, I please don't mistake me here. I'm not suggesting for a second that this is all Tom Brady because it's not because they've got really good players and their defense was really good and their offensive line is really good and they protected Brady. But if you look essentially at Tampa Bay from last year, what is the difference? The difference is one person, Jameis Winston who threw 30 interceptions is out, and Tom Brady, who threw eight or whatever, is in. That's the essential difference for the team. Everybody else sort of the same. Receivers sort of the same. Yeah, Gronkowski. But he didn't. He wasn't a big receiver this year. He was a blocking tight end. The assen- Am I right on this? The essential difference, Brady? Yeah. yeah the, the, the one addition I would say to this, though, is you're focusing so much on the players, and particularly the way the defense played. I think you have to Todd look Bowles. at the two coordinators. Whoa, Todd, Todd Bowles. Bowles. I mean, I've never seen that much pressure on a quarterback. And There's never see, been. You then see the beauty of Mahomes as he is. I mean, they were talking on, on SportsCenter. It looked like his toe got hurt. It looked like it was hurt. I, as like he's it. going down, the arm angles that he's wow, producing. Wow, he can throw it into the end zone. He's running. He's backpedaling 25 yards trying to produce any points in the second half that he can you you started you started with it's not a good game it goes down as a very efficient game and you say brady was doing everything that he needed to do because again after they trade field goals he basically is playing a running clock game yeah in the middle of the third quarter of the super and, Bowl, and they're never gonna let it out of hand their offensive line is getting enough push that they're getting first downs by running the ball and taking 40 seconds each time they do that i mean they they played really well, and this was after really the first. Well. This was after their first two drives where they really didn't produce anything, and then you start to see the interplay between these these easy screens and running plays to then open up some play option as you get some of those bigger plays in the first half. So it was it was a. Do you, tr- tr- do you think tr- the penalties in the first half are are a, as big of a deal as some people are making them out to be? Well, I think there was a lot of whining about the penalties, but I think when you review the penalties, yards, they were all penalties. When you start to see the impact of them, when you have Romo start to say, if you if you commit a penalty on defense, well, the number was like thir- the the offensive team is thirty percent likely to score some points on that. Nice to see that Breland it took was, away uh, making such a big impact yeah, on the game. It took away an interception. It took away a field goal. They put the points down, and then they had the touchdown to Gronkowski, which made it twenty one three. It just big deal, big deal. I thought. 
So I don't, no, I'm sorry. It made it. Uh, it made it fourteen three at that point. The they should have. They had to go on fourth and goal early, and they missed. They should have scored there. And if yeah. they had scored there, it would have been like thirty five to six. You know, at the end of the half, or some ridiculous score at the end of the half, some big score at the end of the half. And with the, and with so. that stop, Kansas City still is able to flip that table. And then uh, as quickly as they get out of their own territory there, you think they can do something. But they didn't. They didn't. No, they didn't. Because the Tampa defense was wonderful. And Todd Bowles, by the way, if you're going to talk about Breland, you got to talk about Bowles because he was here for a long period of time as well. And had a, he was a head coach for the Jets for four years. Had a terrible record. But who's had a good record with the Jets? You know, The answer yes. is nobody's had a good record with the Jets for a long time. Nobody's had a winning record with the Jets for a long time. All right, we will take a break. Michael Wilbon will join us when we return. He will be amazed to know that I watched every single snap of the game. <laughs> and the waste every management. And, and the waste management, yes. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Vincero ad. Uh, this is a gift that would be fabulous for Valentine's Day. Coming off the heels of some brand new product releases, Vincero Watches is here to tell you at the perfect time to get that perfect gift is right now. Their Valentine's sale is officially active for everybody listening to this high-quality podcast. Go to Vincero Watches, V-I-N-C-E-R-O Watches.com slash Tony. If you're, willing, if you're looking well, to upgrade your look, new. or better yet, upgrade the look of that special someone who deserves a well-thought-out gift, now is your chance to get it on sale. I cannot stand when people modify the word someone, anything human, with that instead of who. And this is the copy. It's bad copy. Finding a watch that's this good-looking, built to last, can cost way too much money. You deserve better than settling for something underwhelming. Vincero understands the frustrations of online shopping. These guys get it. I know I can't shop online. That's why they make it as easy as possible for you. With the new year, they're offering a five-year warranty and a 365-day return policy. Wow. Stress-free shopping with fair and honest prices. When you put it on, the watch... You immediately know you got more than you paid for. It's the best value for your money, guaranteed. This is something that will help you look and feel great and something you will appreciate for years to come. Plus, to make things even better, they offer engraving. I didn't know that. Engraving on the back of their watches. This deal is really too good to pass up. Get access to their Valentine's Day sale right now. Go to V-I-N-C-E-R-O watches.com forward slash Tony, and the discount will be auto-applied at checkout. Do not pay full price on these beautiful timepieces. Go to that link. Check out these awesome timepieces. Are you looking at some? I am. There's, there's a new collection called The Rain, and I really like this uh, silver and navy one. Maybe get it engraved. Oh, that would be nice. Michael and Sons. Yeah, but that's a plumbing supply. Oh, no, company. Michael and Sons. Oh, your son. Bootsy and the Hammer. Yeah, but. You Michael know. and Sons. I didn't sing it. Okay, that's good. Uh, use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This comes to us from Addison Fry. This is called Cornerstone, and he writes as a professional jazz pianist in New York City, listening to the show and PTI have been markers of normalcy and comfort during these unprecedented times. I look forward to starting each week with Wilbon's Monday morning visits, and I have especially come to appreciate the reflections you both have shared for so many of our departed heroes during the last year. In that spirit, here's an original of mine entitled Cornerstone about finding stability in others through committing to a foundation together. My wife, Tahira Clayton sings with me alongside another talented vocalist, Michael Mayo. Thank you for supporting independent musicians via your radio show. And he's a Kansas guy. 
because he's a Chiefs fan, a Royals fan, and Jayhawks fan, so today might be a little bit difficult for Addison Fry. Thank you very much for that. Wilbon is here. And let's start with what I think is the most important thing. H-E-R, her, who did America the Beautiful Mm -hmm. and played guitar and sang was great. Major talent, yeah. Are you? How long have you been? It's just her, couple right? Couple years, couple of years. Not, not the, you know, probably not as not as early as people who are just younger and would get to her a couple of years, maybe a year earlier than me. But I have things that even downloaded a lot of duets, uh, or you know, or as Matthew would say now, collabs, Dad, collabs. Oh, okay. Uh, people like Tony Braxton. She's a great. Uh, song with Tony Braxton that, that I like and, and have downloaded. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm aware of her and her talent. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so let, let me ask the obvious question, which is what you've been telling me our whole lives together. Black people don't play guitars. She plays know, guitar. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't, <laughs> very few. We're talking, we're talking a, a, Prince a different and her. playing of and Hendrix. Right. Hendrix. Hendrix is a whole different And your high rock. school friend, Daryl, is that his name? Who plays mm-hmm. with the Stones? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. maybe you want to walk that back a little bit. Yeah, I'm talking about the style of play. That the rock and roll guitar is not what we do. Okay. Well, listen, right. Daryl Jones could play anything because he has and does. One of the most famous musicians in the world. That's right. And he's one That's of the right. most famous musicians, in the world, most most noted and accomplished musicians in the world. Yes. But I'm talking about the kind of guitar that you're talking about. I ain't hearing. Her is talented. Her, she's very talented. Really good. Better than very the people talented. who sang the anthem, I thought. I, Significantly I better. I like the anthem. I like the nah, anthem. Nah. Anthem left me okay. cold. It was different. All right, let's get, let's get to the Super Bowl and let's start. Let's go somewhat in order. And I will tell people that at the end of the first half, Wilbon believed the game was over. I did not. Yeah. You were right. Yeah. You were wrong about Tampa Bay getting the Super Bowl, and I was right. But those things happen. Let's start fourth and goal early on. They've got to go, right? Even though they miss, they've got to go. No, you don't have to go. You don't have to do anything. You would have taken the three from the I one? Know. I might have. Um, maybe. I mean, as it turns out, they couldn't score. So That's anything right. they did, anything they did to put points on the board would be preferable to what they did. Right. I don't believe anything has to be done early in a game, and nothing has to be done. Penalties hurt Kansas City enormously in the first yeah. half. Yeah. But I thought they were all penalties. I did. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Me too. So, they played they play a stupid, arrogant game. This is what happens when your head is full of nonsense, and it's been filled with nonsense by not only the people that you're around and close to, but yourself when you, when, when you can get arrogant, when, you, when you, are, you have great talent and you believe in it supremely, but also when you undoubtedly hear the junk that people have been talking all year about winning six and seven and eight straight. Yeah. Dynasty. Yeah. Really? A yeah. dynasty of one. That's 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 right. I, you know, and it, and it wasn't like the way Seattle lost their their return trip. No, it wasn't like no, that it, at all. It, it was just arrogant and stupid. And you know, when they the, the timeouts at the end of the half, what are you doing? Get off the field. You haven't done anything. Get off the field. Go in and regroup. You saved enough time for the greatest quarterback of all time. That's right to go to down go the field. You just, down. you just saw it. You've been watching yes. the film, homies. Yes, and this yes. is where you know what. Look, this is look. Andy Reid has made himself by winning. He's made himself a great coach. But Andy Reid used to get ripped all the time for stuff just like that when he was at the Eagles, yes. and they would lose in the NFC Championship game all the time, which is all of them but one. And he would do stuff like that, and you're like, "What? What are you doing?" 
No, the, the game aggravated me because Kansas City was stupid and arrogant. So it gets to 21-6 at the end of the half, and Brady does it again. And they keep Brady clean, and they are attacking yeah. Mahomes everywhere, boxing him in. Mahomes, look, Mahomes can throw a pass falling down that gets to the end zone. It's absolutely yeah. incredible. guy in the face. That's right. Who doesn't expect it? Mahomes is still a wizard, but Mahomes took his lumps. And so, in essence, to me, the game was won on the defensive side of the ball by Tampa Bay. Do you agree with that? Yes, there's no, in essence, and there's no disagreement. Tampa Bay's defense kicked their butt. That's one of the great performances defensively in NFL history. With all due yes. respect to my Bears in 1985, the greatest defensive team ever. Yes. They played the greatest Super Bowl defensively ever. This might have been better because it was Mahomes. It wasn't Steve Grogan and, and I don't even know who else. Tony Eason? It was a guy that people are calling the baby goat, and they might want to slow, slow the roll on that. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. And yes. Again, a dynasty of one. And then yesterday's game, it was a waste of time. I, I can't be strong enough on this. It was a massive disappointment. It was massively overhyped. And it was a waste of our time. It was like those games in the, in, the, in the 90s when the NFC team would come out and Steve Young and those guys would look over at the other line and, you know, and they would just say, what? Who are you people? What are you doing? It was a typical AFC conference team gets its butt handed to it. They were outcoached, outplayed. The defense knocked the snot out of the Kansas City baby goat dynasty chiefs. I don't want to hear anything about the Chiefs and how great they are today. Not a word from anybody on any network. So at what point, I know you felt at the end of the half it was over, but at what point would you have planted the flag and say, that's it, I'm done, this oh, is I over? You could say, I, whatever I said, I, I don't know if I said it on Twitter. I went to, I went to Blackhawks highlights against the Stars. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding. Neville was at my house yesterday. And Neville goes, what is that other noise? What are you watching? I said, ah, I'm done. I've gone to Blackhawks. A great overtime win. Patrick Kane, the, the helper. And I, I said, that's it. This, this game, this is a non-game. This is like the Bears and the, the 46-10 game. This is like that. This is like the six-touchdown Steve Young game, whoever they beat. I don't know who they beat in that game. Uh, the Chargers, it? I think it was the Chargers. Was it? Was it the Chargers? I'm not sure. I thought it was the Chargers. I mean, it, it, was, it might have been. I, it I mean, it just. Yeah. It just—it was a non-game. You could see it wasn't going to change, Tony, because Patrick Mahomes—he got—he got pressured more than any other quarterback in Super Bowl history, statistically speaking. Yes, twenty-nine times or something. And I—I—I I, I, I just texted Kelleher and I said, "You know what? You better craft some questions tomorrow that I can answer because I'm not watching one moment of this post-game charade. Not one moment. This so you over, and I've gone to other stuff. You did not, and again." It is Patrick Mahomes, and the launch angle, as we like to say, is yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. He's an amazing talent, an amazing you know, talent. You know what is amazing about the launch angle when you're on your butt? When yeah. you are running backward, the launch angle is also good. The people launching themselves in Dominican Sue at your head. He, I'm going to tell you, he got hit once, crunched by two guys. I thought he wasn't going to get up. But it was, Tony, I was before, it was before, it was like, okay, this isn't going to happen. He, the, the, the offensive line of Kansas City is, is damaged. It's damaged goods. You've got three players who are in different positions, not just one. 
not just two, three. That's you right. You moved your guard to tackle, and you have another tackle, and you have another guard. No, no, no. This was Todd Bowles. Somebody should should fire a person they've hired today and go get Todd Bowles. So I thought it was over when the – and I keep saying – I did this in the car with Michael. I keep wanting to call them the Patriots because I associate yeah. Brady with the Patriots. I was just going to yeah. say I when the Patriots answered in the third quarter. But it's when Tampa Bay – it's an NFC team. When Tampa yeah. Bay answered the field goal with a field goal – and by the way, could have had a touchdown, bad snap on a third down play. Yeah. And the guy kicks it from 52, and I say to myself, you know what? It's over. It's over. I, I thought – as you know, I thought it was halftime. Earlier. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, it just Tony. It was they weren't coming back. They weren't. They they coming back. They, they didn't score a touchdown. Nope. The nope. Patriots nope. against the eighty-five Bears, forty-six ten. They scored Not a, a touchdown. touchdown. Yes. Yes. This is a massive. This is a massive, and everybody inaccurately took the temperature of the whole thing. Everybody, everyone, and it, it's just it, you cannot. You've seen me surly on PTI Mondays before in my life. Usually, has to do with my team. And that's, we're gonna, and that's gonna happen again. Wow, what just happened? Not sure. That was a very strange sound, wasn't it? Is Mike still there? Or did we lose him? I'm here. Okay, so we just lost you. There was a weird sound, but let me oh, let me let me okay. bring this up because people didn't hear it. It appears, if not likely possible that your favorite quarterback Carson Wentz is going to be wearing the dark blue and orange what do you make of that he's the most overrated player in the NFL the last two years the most overrated overstated over defended overly discussed except except for Dak Prescott and whether he's going to get his money but in just terms of in just terms of sheer volume of hype and defense Carson Wentz, man, are you kidding me? That's what the Bears are going to do? So I, I'm going to be angry about that in a few days if it happens. Maybe, maybe the Colts will offer so much that the Bears won't match it. But I'm going to be angry about that, even angrier. But I'm going to be surly today because this was a fraud of a Super Bowl, and it was a fraud matchup, and the GOAT wins again. He wins again. He does. He's the best Once ever. Again. It's the, you cannot. He's the, the best ever. There's no. There's no discussion. He's the best ever. Tell the people. You know? uh, th- this is this is as Jay Billis would say. Real recognize real. Tell the people about the text you got before. Well, I, I can't, I'm not supposed to, but I'll just say I texted. A, I texted a goat. Okay, yeah. I texted a goat in another sport. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I told the story yesterday, so, so I'll, I'll tell it this way. So a few years ago, we're in. Um, is Phoenix before the Super Bowl there, and it's it's night before the game, and I am I am sitting and having a a, a bite while somebody else has a cigar at a local establishment in in, in Scottsdale, and I just this is before the Seattle uh, New England Super Bowl, and we're sitting with a a Hall of Fame defensive player, Hall of Fame defensive player, who's we're, there's a conversation about football. And this gentleman says, "Well, Seattle's going to win. They're going to they're going to beat Brady. They're going to beat New England. Here's why." And the goat says, let me, just, "Let me just interrupt here, because you've forgotten more football while we're sitting here than I'll ever know." But Tom Brady's not losing to Seattle tomorrow. I don't care how it happens at the end of the game. I don't know what's going to happen in the game. Tom Brady's not losing tomorrow. And it was just—it was just like it came out of nowhere, and it's like a pronouncement, right? And while while Seattle has got the best of New England, 
I'm thinking, well, the GOAT is going to have to eat this one. <laughs> He's going to have to no. eat this one because Tom Brady's not going to win. Oh, wait, they didn't run Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't run Marshawn Lynch. The, the GOAT wins again. And so with this in mind, I, I just I said to the GOAT yesterday, who you got? And he said, come on, come on. I told you, you don't ever bet against him. You know better. Don't, don't be. And, and, and by the way, everyone, everyone thinks Mahomes is better now. Everyone yeah. thinks Mahomes is better. Even the goats That's right. of various sports. I That's right. with a couple of goats. Just to see, they, they all go, just go, what? What are you saying? And it was, it's funny, because it's all accompanied with laughter. Like, you know, like, I, I know I'm being a sycophant, but this is, he's the goat. So he's yeah, got seven. So, you know, the other guy's got, got six. He's the other guy's got six. Yeah, and this I'm guy's like, got like seven. I will say this. Uh, dynasty of one. <laughs> I didn't pay much attention to the pregame show on ESPN. It was on in the background, and I looked at it here and there. But when they went around and they said who's going to win, and they landed on Randy Moss, Randy Moss said, are you kidding me? Who's going to win? <laughs> really? why, do you think, why do you think I went to New England? I went to New England for that guy. For that guy. Yeah. Are you people yeah. crazy? And yeah. and he yeah. and he woof seven seven. It's not. This is not basketball. This is not best four out of seven where the best team wins. It's not that. This is single elimination. He's been to ten. He's won seven. He's forty three. <laughs> it's not possible, right? It's not. It's just not. No, it's not. It's not. And he might win again. Oh, I mean, I he might know. win another one. I told you I got the Rams in next year. I got this one right. I got the Rams no, in next you know year. what? I, All right, I'll talk The Rams. You. I don't know. There's something flawed. But the Rams played in the biggest dog Super Bowl ever until yeah. yesterday. Yeah. That, Remember that, it was 7-3 right. to three or 10-3 or whatever it was? 10-3. Stunk. Was that what it was? So this is 10-3. You know, I know we have to do a whole A block on it. I get yep. it. Yep. I'm going to say the same thing over and over again. So you, you, you've got all the insight. You, you I don't have any insight. I'm just going to sit there and say, could you say that again? I didn't hear it the first six times. Say they it knocked again. the snot out of them. the Kansas City Chiefs. They, no they did. Why did Andy Reid go away from the shield, by the way? If you won all those games with the shield on, what are you doing wearing a regular mask? By the way, Bruce Arians looks like Darth Vader with all the stuff that he's got wrapped around his chest that have different colors oh, yeah. on it. What is that? I don't know. He's weird. He's a weird guy. But he shut his mouth about 10 games in, and yes, they haven't lost since. Yes, he did. He shut his mouth. Team. Now, you want to right. talk about LeBron James coaching and being the GM. That it's is okay. what Tom Brady just did. It's okay. If you win, I got no problem with it. It's okay. All right, I'll talk to you later. Michael right, Wilbon, no. boys and girls. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Gary and Chris will join us. We'll do some news. Uh, I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. You know what's not fair? The fact that Netflix hides thousands of shows from you based on location and then has the nerve to increase their prices on you. That's right. Starting at the end of this month, they're raising prices once again. Well, as long as I can still get my DVDs through the mail, I guess I'll accept it. Now, you could just cancel your subscription in protest, or you could be smart about it, and this is in bold. Make sure you're getting your full money's worth by using ExpressVPN. See, you might not know that what's on Netflix in your country is completely different from what someone in the U.K or Japan has on theirs. Using ExpressVPN, you can control which country you want Netflix to think you're in. ExpressVPN has over 90 countries to choose from, so you can try a new one every week or so. Every time you run out of stuff to watch, just switch to another country to unlock new shows. See what's on. 
be like Will Ferrell in the uh, in the Super Bowl commercial. That was a good commercial. Right now I'm watching. Uh, oh, they want me to sh- uh, share a show. Share share a show Norway. What do you I'm mean watching. I'm in Finland? I'm watching uh, Brooklyn Brooklyn ninety nine. <laughs> uh, but one tap, you can you can watch all sorts of shows that are not necessarily available to you. And here's the best part: it's not just for Netflix. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock shows on other streaming services too. Maybe even the Hulu or BBC iPlayer. It's free and only available in the UK. ExpressVPN is also super fast and works on your phone, laptop, even smart TV, as long as it's in landscape mode for you, Dad. So you can watch your shows on the big screen with zero buffering. Be smart. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only get access and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash Tony. Don't forget to use the link so you can get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash Tony. Expressvpn.com slash Tony. Good job. Thanks. Good job. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Luke from Fallen Roads. This is his tune. It's called No Ride. He's good. Fallen Roads, boys and girls, and you can listen to this in its entirety at the end of the show and not have us talking over it. Michael, if people want to, like Fallen Roads, if they want to give us their original songs for us to play. How do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. All right, we're going to try and do a news segment now and embrace a lot of things that happened um, in sports mainly. Uh, so we've got Chris Saliza and we've got Gary Braun. And Nigel, you take over. You're the MC. Thank you, Mr. Tony. Um, well, one, think now, one would think right now that, that Tom Brady could ride off into the sunset. I mean, he's been to 10 Super Bowls. He's won seven of them. Right, he's got nothing left to prove, so he's going to retire, right? Absolutely no. not. We're coming back. You all know that, he said uh, to Jim Nance last night, and he won't be alone. Bruce Arians, who'd also considered stepping aside, uh, said he's coming back, as did Rob Gronkowski. So you think, well, where will Tampa Bay be and the odds to win the Super Bowl next year. They're actually not the favorites. Kansas City's yeah. still the favorite yeah, at eleven to two, but Tampa coming in at eleven and eleven to one. So where are the Rams? Any- where are the Rams? Yeah. The Rams that. are at thirteen to one. Yeah. So I like the Rams. Yeah. So what did you guys you guys watch the game? Uh Wilbon hated the game and decided it was the worst game of all time. <laughs> Gary Chris, what did you think of the game? Um I I enjoyed the game. I mean, I wouldn't tell you it was a good game, but uh, I, I, I was rooting for, for Tom. You know, the older I get, the more I root for the old guy. Um, and that difference, is, as I think Romo pointed out, although he struggled with the math a little bit, that, that difference between Brady having six more Super Bowls than Mahomes and four more Super Bowls than Mahomes is, is, makes all the difference in the world. So I, I loved seeing the goat goat. Um, and the Super Bowl actually reminded me, Tony, of – of when the GOAT lost in, um, I think it was Super Bowl 42, the first game against the Giants when they were undefeated. That's and right. They were this Could have been the juggernaut. greatest team of all time. They yeah. were this juggernaut offensively who were unstoppable. And the Giants, and maybe it was Steve Spagnuolo, actually, who was defensive coordinator, had sort of this pressure, this push up the middle, all his junk yep. at Brady's feet, which he hates. And he couldn't do anything. And you watch that game and you thought, like, how could they only have 14 points? Like, they're the, they're the Patriots. And to watch this team in the Chiefs and, you know, the, the, they kicked those field goals 
early, but even even at thirty one nine, you figure, okay, well they're going to get one late. I mean, to to keep that team out of the end zone to me was an amazing accomplishment by that that Todd Bowles defense, and it it was just weird to me that the, essentially the toughest game Brady was given in the playoffs was by the football team. Here in oddly it, enough, yeah, I mean they they had Chris, a what did you game think? Yeah, had. well, one, I just wanted to let everyone know I just dropped my children off at their very expensive private school. So let me just, I just want to get that out of the way. What, little Twitter heat for that, was there? Uh, what, no governess private. for you? Private yeah, okay. school. The governess thing did make me laugh. Uh, number two, the best the best part, I looked into that, just FYI. Um, the best part of, and I think the most telling, just to, to add to Gary's point, the most telling part of the game to me, and I was rooting for Brady because I'm an overdog, so I root for overdogs, uh, was when they showed the side-by-side of Brady winning his first title and Mahomes in, I think, like eighth grade, you know, he had like a a baseball hat on or something. The longevity of, and I know this is like old man talk because I'm, we're older now, but like the longevity to be that good, not just good, but great, right? I mean, Brady was great. Like sometimes when he's won the MVP, I think he's won five of MVPs in the seven Super Bowls. He's been good, but you're like, well, I need to give it to somebody else. But he was great. At, at, at a point in the second half, he had one more incompletion than touchdowns. And, you you know, you compare that to, to Mahomes, who, who, you know, it's the greatest all time versus the greatest right now. I don't think anyone disputes you'd rather have Mahomes than Brady usually. And Mahomes looked lost out there. I know Tampa Bay's defense is better. There's no, I, I, no dispute about that, but – the ability to continue to do it with different personnel over no matter what, yes, Brady is somewhat ageless, but of course you have something of a decline in your athletic ability when you were 43 versus when you were 25 and the ability to sort of make those adjustments. I I, I just, I find it remarkable. By the middle of the second half, when it became clear to me that, that, Kansas City was not going to have enough time. They weren't scoring, and they weren't going to have enough time to win the game. I thought back to actually what Jeff Ma had said on Friday. He said, where all the sharps are waiting for the money to come in on Kansas City so they could get three and a half or four, and they were going to take Tampa. And then he said, and I'm going to take Kansas City also. And I thought, I thought back to that thinking, no, why didn't you pay attention to take, the thing the that's box. important in right. your business? Yeah. I mean, I, didn't, yeah, I had it wrong as well, but... And it's it's it is it it's not that Brady is and, and you're right, Chris. It's not that Brady is anywhere near as athletic as he once was, and he was never tremendously athletic. Right. He's just a great right. quarterback. But he's I mean he's so great when he needs to be great. He's 43. And it's I, not possible. And he and everyone around him becomes great when he needs that, them to that, be great. That's the only that's change was, from last year. The only real change is you dumped Jameis Winston and you brought this guy in and you right. went from 7 and 9 to winning the Super Bowl. Him. I just think we him. we know we know right that, that that even professional athletes get nervous in in a, a situation like that right in in that big a setting and to have a guy like that who is just such a calming and steady presence in the huddle on the sidelines in preparation right he has seen and done literally everything yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. and you know, the other thing that Brady deserves credit for is the talent he attracts, right? Antonio Brown well, on a touchdown. And Rob Gronkowski. Wow. I mean, yes. And Gronkowski. Yes. I mean, you yes. know, the three touchdowns were the guys he attracted. And, and if you That's saw right. I, Antonio Brown after the uh, game, 
And he basically said, like, Tom Brady saved me. You know, like, Tom Brady advocated for me. And remember, he got he was on the team for five minutes in New England. Uh, and then, you know, he brought me in. He's taught me how to sort of, like, behave. I mean, it was very uh, uh, telling uh, about the role that Brady plays. And I think that that's the thing we underestimate. We see the stuff on the field, of course, right? But the, the, the behind-the-scenes, the preparation, the on-the-sideline stuff, it's just it's obviously irreplaceable. Yeah. All right, Nigel, go. Let's do, let's do commercials. Okay, yes, let's do the, commercials. <clears throat> yes, the other big factor from the, from the match last night was the commercials, which you always uh, love Gosh. watching. Um, I, I don't know where so, you guys are at, but I thought that my favorite was the Will Ferrell GM ad where they're I mean, going to the Norway. Winner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just was yeah. fantastic. That, that oh, it, was great. It, it was good, but it wasn't a Tesla ad. So, you know, <laughs> kind of a, a lesser I liked, a lesser I really liked. Vehicle. I liked Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani when they that did the good. thing for T-Mobile. Yeah, that was cute. The, I liked, uh, I liked, and I shouldn't even say this because it's so crazy. I, I really, and I don't know the people in it. I liked the Cheetos ad where they said it wasn't me. Ashton Kutcher? You know that. Oh, Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher. 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 I didn't know who that was. Yeah. I, I liked that. I thought shaggy, that was shaggy. good. I did like the T, the other T-Mobile ad with Anthony Edwards and his mother. I liked that one. With Kelsey. No, How about Tony? I, I, I was a fan of, uh, which you did not mention, the certain is better. The Tracy Morgan for the Rocket Mortgage. Oh, Rocket Mortgage, oh, yes. Yeah, those are very fun. So yeah, Tracy Morgan's like Will Ferrell. He just oh, he like can the, deliver anything. Right. Did you like the tearjerker ones? Because I'm the Toyota one. I, I, I mean, I think it's maybe because being a parent or whatever. I don't know. I'm becoming a giant sap. Like in the Toyota one, I the, the the girl who was born, you know, they Swimmer. replay the phone call. Yes, yeah. yes, I, I cried yeah, for that one. Just yes, I mean, I was, I was, I like that teary. I like that. I, I liked. I shouldn't say this because it's because it's so old, and I don't. You know, the Uber Eats thing with Wayne and Garth. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked <laughs> it. Back. All right, hey, this Gary, is for Gary and Gary, Chris and you, Dad. I, Did you like the Tide one? No, yeah, with Jason, no, Jason Alexander. Oh, oh the, well, the no. Jason Alexander no, face no. switch. Or, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recognize that it was Jason Alexander. Oh, I do. Until the end. I mean, yeah. Tony Kleiman? I, Can, yeah. You know what's Tony so funny Kleiman. about the, <laughs> the Wayne's World one? My kids, like, my wife was like, why did they put Cardi B in it? And my kids are like, who are the other two people? I mean, that's yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what I feel. Uh, Sean, so shout, shout out to Sean Cherry. Can I ask the, this? The I don't know if... No good. Oh, McConaughey was such, such an Doritos. awful ad. Just yeah, so awful. So awful. I, I don't know if I'm right about this. I, I thought it was. Was that Bruce Springsteen in the Jeep ad? Yes. 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 And that was Bruce Springsteen who sat in that little church. That was a moving ad. Yeah, that really but, was. But man, I felt was sappy. Weird. Yeah, it, it was, was just a, weird because Bruce is not a guy who does that. Right. And he also you know? he's right. also getting some criticism, including in the Washington Post, because the ad is sort of a there there is there are some people on the left who view the ad as overly sort of um like a both siderism kind of situation. Like we've we've been through a lot, things both sides are in bad yeah. shape, both sides yeah. you know, whereas like, you know, the left obviously doesn't feel the way. And Bruce Springsteen, by the way, is very much a creature of the left. I just, sure. I, I mean, I just like him talking in it. I will I, I literally talk about reading the phone book. If he's in it, I'll watch it. I mean, what is, what it's is, also, it's so also good. understanding that his music has been appropriated by people who don't necessarily yeah. share his political beliefs. Well, like Born in the USA. What is Dr. Squatch? What was that commercial? I like that I don't, ad. What is it? I, it's soap. It's soap. I what is Vroom? I, I, I never heard of it before that <laughs> ad, but I thought the ad was kind of funny. <clears throat> 
How about the uh, Reddit five second ad? They're trying what to was cash that? in on there. I don't. I don't. So I had some. I Did actually like, liked. There was a Hellman's ad I liked. Yeah. Wasn't that oh, yeah. with Amy Schumer? Yeah. Amy yeah. Schumer. Yeah. yeah. Something out of nothing. Fairy God yeah. Mayo. Did I you like, like that. The, uh, Tone, did, did you like, like Tone? Did you like the uh, Tony Beeson uh, tribute? The Oatly founder singing. How you bizarre know, was that? I don't remember that so one. So weird. Just an ISO shot of a guy at a piano. I terrible. have a piano. <laughs> Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Beeson. He's pulling oh. a Beeson. I mean, it's it's intentionally that, bad, and they they sold out all the T-shirts making fun of how bad it was. Like they had it all ready to be bad and sold out all oh. the T-shirts of how bad it was. Interesting. But, but I'm glad that was Springsteen because I looked and I went, that's Bruce Springsteen, the isn't boss. it? Yeah. So, yeah. He sounds okay. more and more like Bob Dylan, by the way. The, the, when he talks now, not when he sings, yeah. when he talks, I think he has an affectation. Of, he sound, I think he sounds just like Bob Dylan. Joni but no, nobody. Go ahead. I was going to say, Joni Wojcik uh, sent me a note and said that he was out in Grand Island last week filming that. So I guess it was all filmed with wow. him the last five or six days yes wow. did you did you like so, the, but every, the will ferrell one everybody had to like had that to although i don't know what it was for Brilliant. welcome to sweden G- what was G- it for these electric cars oh okay yeah he's so funny man i'm sorry <laughs> <What else>? Dude, <laughs> did you yeah. did you well, like the edward Sis- doing anything did you like the edward scissorhands no it's sort no. of weird driving <laughs> the cadillac it was sort of weird yeah. It's just sort of weird for me. Working a good battery in that car. Well, before the match began, I believe it was the day before, uh, the NFL uh, announced the the new class of the Hall of Fame. Uh, Alan Fanica is in. Calvin Johnson is in. John Lynch is in. Some bloke named Peyton Manning. Not sure what he ever did to deserve that. He's in. Charles Woodson is in. Tom Flores gets in uh, as a coach. Bill Nunn as a contributor. And and Tony, I'm I'm pretty sure you know Bill Nunn. Uh, Kurt Schilling did not make it in. Now he has to be <laughs> removed. Uh, Bill Nunn was a talent evaluator, evaluator and scout for the Steelers. Yeah, I don't know. And I guess he, he was part of that draft that had um, the Bradshaw draft. Lynn Swan, yeah, Stallworth, Lambert, Weston signed Donnie wow. Shell as an undrafted uh, free agent. So yeah, he was he was pretty good. And then Drew Pearson gets in uh, amongst the seniors. The big the big ones are the first ballot guys, Calvin Johnson, who I wasn't sure would get in because he left so early. He only played about seven or eight years. Um, Charles Woodson, who has to be in, and Peyton Manning, who has to be They have to be in. Yeah, yeah. They have to be Great in. I mean, what do you think about his tie? Yeah, tie-blazer combo. Great blazer. Peyton Manning. Rocking the volunteer I, orange. I sort of like. They look great. I yeah, think I everything so Peyton Manning does is funny. I do. I think it's funny. I, I think it's he, good. I think it's appropriate. I think he had some help from Chauncey for that look. Maybe. Maybe. Did you did you see Esiason with like the the white polka dots white shirt with like the blue polka? Yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, all right, boomer. dots. Yeah, boomer had polka dots on. I like that people are on. taking a little more risk with a with you know with a tailored pant or a or a you know a fancier shirt. I like that. Tony, I, I can't get pro. I can't get the past the Detroit Free Press paywall, <laughs> but I can tell you, I can read you this headline in googling the Calvin Johnson. I was thrilled to see Calvin Johnson get in. I was a big fan of his, but the headline yeah. simply says Calvin Johnson was so surprised by the Hall of Fame knock, he nearly went for his gun. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, they come and knock on your door to yeah, tell you? Yeah, that's yeah, how they do it. That that dude with oh, the giant head that. comes in and says, you yeah. know, oh. welcome to the hall. Oh, and yeah. Gary, you'll know, you'll probably remember this. I didn't. It said it said like uh, Mega, uh, Megatron open to lions, kind of like that. They they don't get he doesn't get along with lions. I've totally forgotten that. 
Didn't he play his whole career there? He did. He did. Yeah, but it wasn't a long career. Some, he left there's early. Some sort of there's ill will there, and I, I don't really know yeah. why. But no, right, what else we got? So Roger. good. Brooks Kepka uh, wins at the Phoenix Open. Out of nowhere. Yeah. 65 to, to close. Everybody else sort of fell backwards. But if you shoot 65 on, on a Sunday, That's you deserve to win. And don't tell me you that don't calls back for in. Ultra. Yeah, that was yeah, that's his deal, Michelob Ultra. Yeah, so that I mean, out of nowhere, as Spieth fell back and Shoffley fell back, and Justin Thomas quite appropriately fell back because he lost his grandfather. It, it comes, it comes hey. down to who Kepka's playing with. He's playing with James Hahn. Kepka has he's not near the lead at all. James Hahn makes a bogey on the easiest hole in the course. I think it was thirteenth par five. As Kepka has a twenty footer for eagle and starts looking around saying. Oh, I can actually win this thing now. And the story and has to go. In. Yeah, an unbelievable pitch into an, to an angle on a pin that you can't really get to. No, the story has to be speed. Through. And you talk about the longevity of Brady earlier, Chris. I look at my son, who's three and a half, and the last time Spieth won was when Walker Thomas Kornheiser was two weeks old and wow. Grandpa Tony and Grandpa Chan yeah. were sitting there watching the British Open. And you're seeing those moments where he makes some huge birdie putts on Saturday as he has 10 birdies, the most he's ever had in a round. And you have echoes of that British Open. And you go, it fell a little short. Happy to see that he got the top five. I think that actually means something. So that birdie on 18 was helpful. And another big story with DJ, who continues to win around the world. Yeah, but if you're going to play in Abu Dhabi, you know, I don't care. He's what won you're doing. half of the like half the tournaments he's entered in the last two or three months. He's a and dominating other, player, but he went there for cash, right? In the other couple money. tournaments, he finished third. So, yeah. but didn't yeah. he go there just for the guarantee? Sure. Yeah. Tells him, yeah. Yeah. All right. Can I ask right, a good? golf related? Can I ask one golf related question, to you guys? No, yes. please. I'm doing it. Um, <laughs> have you guys have you guys been rightly maligned for your your Furious attacks on my favorite golfer Patrick Reed for his for his clearly not cheating. I, it just feels like uh, out of bounds. You guys just negativity. Oh, good reference. Are out of bounds. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Wilbon like you hates Patrick beyond, Reed. Feels like you hit it beyond the yellow sticks. Now I I'm over my skis on that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there you he's go. the best, Captain America. Wilbon hates him. I I think he's interesting. I think. Uh, I, I don't know if he cheats. I believe that everyone thinks he cheats, and I think that he goes right up to the line, and if you turn your back, he goes over the line. Well, I think they say he does Donald that. Trump cheats he's a great player. No, that's not true. <laughs> that couldn't be true, could it? That no, he's not true. a cheater. He's 60, he's a scratch golfer. Everybody knows that. Many people say it. <laughs> Thanks, Malt everybody. Championships. Thank, thank you, thank you. you. <laughs> uh, talk to you soon. Thanks, Chris Tom. and Gary, thank you so much. Uh, we will take a break. We will come back with... With email and jingle, yes? That is correct. Email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. We have a new sponsor of the show, Michelob Ultra. So I'd like to celebrate their joining us. You know, beer is synonymous with celebrating after a big win. It goes hand in hand with the joy that athletes experience from victory. Because of that, there is a perception that happiness and beer only come at the end of a journey. Only come after the grind, after the hard work, after the win. Michelob is setting out to dismantle that perception. By partnering with some of the greatest athletes and proven winners of all time, they are demonstrating that happiness comes before the victory and that joy is a crucial ingredient on the road to success. Even the greatest athletes in the world choose to take time off the court or field to unplug, to have a beer with friends, and find balance. Michelob is not discounting the hard work and commitment that it takes to become a world-class athlete and win championships but they firmly believe that enjoyment and balance are crucial components of the winning formula. 
It's not just about professional athletes. Everyone out there should know that they can and should enjoy themselves on the road to success in life, and that they should permit themselves to have fun, smile more, and have a beer with friends. Like having a Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Lovely Ronnie Newmeyer and Tom Lofgren. Nigel, do the Bethesda Bagels ad, please. Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you, then stop on in, and you will be thrilled. All right, that just about does it for us today. But when we get before we get to the mailbag, let me just say in honor of Peter Asher, please lock me away and don't allow the day here inside where I hide with my loneliness. I don't care what they say. I won't stay in a world without love. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon. Thanks to Chris Saliza, Gary Braun. Thanks to today's sponsors, ExpressVPN, Vincero, and Michelob Ultra Pure Gold. And remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, GooglePlayRadio.com. If you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. Here is the, this is in regards to the Pierre Cardin tie. Jake Hodesh is my name. I thought yes. it was Bogish, but well, Jake Hodesh is my name. I think tomato. Tony was calling me Jake Bogus today on the pod, and that's simply <laughs> Bogus. Anyway, thanks, TK, for wearing the tie on PTI. I don't need a shout-out. Just read one of these Valentine's Day poems to Wilbon on PTI later this month. Roses are red, violets are blue. Wilbon has ten houses. I only have two. Roses are red, violets are blue. Bomani Jones will replace me soon, and Pablo Torre will replace you. Jake Hodesh, happy for that. And now we're going to do some Peter Asher things. From Jeff Turner in Western Florida. And it says, you know Western Florida. I do, indeed. I was totally uninspired to hear how delightful Peter... Uh, unsurprised. I was totally unsurprised to hear how delightful Peter Asher was in his recent cameo video that Nigel bought for you. He is the regular host of the From Me To You radio show on the Beatles channel on Sirius XM Radio, as well as the host of many Beatles Top 100 Countdown shows on the channel. His stories are great, but he tells them in a way that it feels like he's talking directly to you, which, of course, is what he is doing. I believe you said that recently on your show. I remember what you say. The woman to whom I'm related by marriage now knows all of the Jane Asher backstory with Paul and often brings it up when we are leading, listening to Peter Asher's show, even though I know the whole story, too. Anyway, ask Alexa to play the show for you and enjoy even if he doesn't know who you are, he provides a great look behind the curtain with the Beatles, and it's a real treat for both bigs and littles. Hi, Tony. This is John Lynch, not the NFL Hall of Famer, just a humble little and former <laughs> California sports writer who now lives in Lexington, Kentucky. Don't get me started. Always get a big smile from your podcast, whether you're talking about pants, shoes, or the hated Subarus. Got my biggest smile of late from your Peter Asher shout-out. I'm 70, so I, too, know who he is, and I, too, recently received a Peter Asher cameo. Mine came from David Miller, my good friend, fellow musician, and member of our trio, Katie and the Hypnotist Collectors. Note the Bob Dylan reference. David sent me the cameo as a get-well greeting following my recent shoulder surgery. Peter Asher couldn't have been more warm or sincere, and was especially reassuring when he promised that my guitar playing would improve after surgery. My playing get, can't get much worse, so I'll take his word for it. Peter would be a great guest on the show. He's got great Beatles stories. He probably touched Paul McCartney, too. From Eric Londrigan in Boston, and Eric does cartoons. 
says, I sent this cartoon into the mailbag at the end of December when Tony first learned what Cameo was. But now that he's personally experienced it, I'm sending it again because the idea of Tony on Cameo is a terrible retirement plan. It says, hello, <laughs> insert name here. Your friend wasted good money to get a retired, unsightly sports writer to call you and wish you happy birthday, anniversary, new baby, or other life event. Lachiserie. That was Tony Kornheiser, comma, age 87. Michael, how do you turn this off and when do I get my $40? That's pretty funny. Uh, this is... Um, Says, thank you for reaching out to me. Had I known you were the Tony Kornheiser, I would have put greater effort into my cameo message. But since you enjoyed it so much, I would like to let you know about a side business that I run. For a mere $1,937, I will come grill at your next backyard cookout. I've been told that the only thing greater than my stories are my grilled brats. Just ask my friend Paul. He can vouch for me. Yours truly, Peter Ash in Los Angeles. It's really John Holt in Chester, Virginia. From Rick Devens. He's our friend. He's, yes. he's the, was yes. on Survivor, Survivor. in Macon, yeah. Georgia. As the official survivor of the Tony Kornheiser show, I really enjoyed your discussion on cameos. Because of the success I've had on my season of Survivor, cameo has been a nice extra source of revenue. In fact, I've done more than 1,400 cameos and have a perfect five-star rating. This may have something to do with my bargain price of just $29. It's easy to do, and like Peter Asher, I really enjoy interacting with fans. That being said, it's for littles, not big. Stay away. Don't take food off my kid's dinner table. My friend Dave Sims, Sims has been doing it. Sims wrote me he's doing it. He's loved it. He's made a whole bunch of dough, and Sims is the play-by-play -play voice of Seattle Mariners, so maybe some people wanted him to do it. It's really nice. From Mike in Burke, Virginia. Cameo is great. I'm the commissioner of a fantasy baseball league that dates to 1985, and in 2019, you know, the last good year, I bought our league champions a cameo from Gilbert Gottfried. Imagine what that was like. And he writes, it was better than that. From Josh Cromwell. I have to confess, the idea of you recording cameo messages is pretty delightful. You'd immediately wander off script to talk about some license plate you saw, what you had for dinner, or consider this example. Hi, this is Tony Kornheiser wishing little Susie a happy sixth birthday. Oh, by the way, Chessie killed another rabbit. It gave out a yelp when she caught it, and the next thing I knew, there was rabbit blood everywhere. To make matters worse, she'll probably just vomit the thing up later like one of our Frisbees. Now, what was I saying? Oh, that's right. Happy birthday. <laughs> From Ron Flatter, who listens to this show, I am so grateful when Ron Flatter checks in. Dear 41 Long, a quick scan <laughs> of the Cameo video roster indicates you and Michael may have lowballed your price point. Considering these celebrities, consider these celebrities, Paula Abdul, $399, Lindsay Lohan, $350, Floyd Mayweather, $999, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, $500, John Smoltz, $500. I can't believe they do this. Then there are the pundits, Sean Spicer, $199. Rod Blagojevich, he's out of prison making money, $80. How far has Blago fallen from trying to sell Obama's Senate seat for thousands of dollars? In what world is John Smoltz only worth one more dollar than Sean Spicer? And 300 plus for Lindsay Lohan and Paula Abdul, they should be paying us for the hourly therapy. The bottom of the barrel, though, is Buddy Mercury. The piano-playing dog goes for $49. If Buddy is worth $49, Reginald must be priceless. I was not surprised when he said he made $1.5 off Cameo last year. As for you, anything under $39.99 is a tremendous bargain. Don't sell yourself short. You're a tremendous slouch. Uh, from Ethan Wybie in St. Louis. Outside of the standard debates that continually are discussed on this podcast, butter or mayo, the motivations of Subaru drivers, canvas pants being a good idea, I'm having a different internal debate that I hoped you could settle for me. 
I recently went back to watch the Last Dance documentary on the Netflix, and within the first 10 minutes of episode one, Wilbon is explaining the stratosphere that Michael Jordan was in during the peak of his powers. He mentions the likes of Babe Ruth and Muhammad Ali as the only equals to Jordan at that level of importance, and he ends by saying, that's it, that's the list. Now, that's a phrase I hear you use all the time. So who owns that saying? I do! Is it yours? Or oh, it's mine. Of course, he's stolen it like he stole Golden Boy. Of course he does. Or does it belong to someone else? Bathroom days at the Post. And, and you two are the only ones carrying on its legacy. No, 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 no. It's mine. Thank you. I'll hang up and listen. Keep on potting. So can I do one more? Um, after course. hearing this is from Brad Hufford or Euford. I'm not sure. After hearing about the great TK connective tissue that all littles undoubtedly share, I feel alienated from the show. Sad, alone, and confused, I sit armed with an old guy radio hat, a TK sticker, the TK salute, and memories of Junior. I'm unaware of anyone I know or ever knew who listens or has listened to the hundreds of ads from me undies. The woman that I'm related to by marriage doesn't listen enough to be considered a little. Neither do any of my relatives. To find, not discover another little. Should I lustfully rip my earbuds out, walk outside, and proclaim to the world the teams the monkey played? Should I shout, stop the hammering, too? Or should I be grateful that I hang out with bigs in my life, even though others I know haven't? Will another little do the big thing and reach out because he or she recognizes my name? Or am I going to have to remain in an existential crisis? I will let you know. I may know Gary's first grade teacher's grandson's mother. It's a start. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. We're not going to be sunk this year. <laughs> We're the Stanley Cup champions.
Who'd have thought we'd have a place to call our own? We'll set the cornerstone. Damn shame that you came 